Hello there and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation highlights from The Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. The month of March is designated as Women's History Month, and June Hunt of Hope for the Heart is someone who has been involved in media ministry for some 35 years, making a positive impact as a female writer and host. You'll learn about God's faithfulness to and through her ahead. Then from Westside Family Church in Kansas City, Randy Frazee brings insight into the resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead, the strength that he gives to us today. And on this edition of The Intersection, it's noted Christian historian William Federer exploring how Christianity has informed the lives and pursuits of a number of well-known scientists and others who integrated their worldview into their fields of endeavor. Finally, Leanne Mancini has a desire to implant biblical truth into the hearts of children, and through her books, animated video series, and podcasts, she brings content that can help parents point kids to God's Word and an application of His principles. Her comments are ahead. This is The Intersection, a production of The Meeting House, and I'm Bob Crittenden. June Hunt is the founder of the Ministry of Hope for the Heart, which is a biblical counseling and media ministry through which June shares biblical principles that can be helpful in bringing hope and healing. During March, which is Women's History Month, she spoke with me to share about her devotion to God and how He has used her. Here now from a recent conversation is June Hunt. The most uh, infusing for me in terms of what God orchestrated was being a youth director and then a and we had 600 in the junior high division alone. Mm. That was uh, life-changing because I saw parents in pain because of their kids. I saw kids in pain. And I say in pain, many, many were shut down. And it gave me such a heart for uh, the living of life. But also, um, I had been one who had shut down. And because um, my dad had three families going on at the same time. It's a messy, messy, horrible, um, bizarre family background. But that gave me an understanding of many times people having tremendous pain in their lives. And, um, you know, when you have a a, a dysfunctional family and um, you come from a background uh, where you can't talk uh, because nobody has your situation, it was so bizarre that, I, and I, even before becoming a Christian, I said, if God's a loving God, why would he allow one person to cause so much pain? And Bob, what that meant was I couldn't understand how, how could a loving God permit this? Well, that's why we have materials on all a hundred topics. That's why uh, the ministry that we have, um, it's in 36 languages. It's not because of me. It's it's the help that we're able to provide in our materials. We call them keys for living. Mm. And so whatever people need, let's help them understand. What do you do when there's adultery? Because I grew up in an adulterous home and I and I adored my mom, but you know, I couldn't help what was happening and and, and just trying to figure out where and, and I knew no Bible. See, this is what I love about faith radio. You understand. You understand the intersection of culture and and authentic Christianity. 
but I didn't start there. So I know what a difference it makes to have Christ on the inside of my life. I never even heard of anything like that. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. I didn't know that. I I mean, I I knew no scripture. So of course I didn't know. But how many other people who are listening to you, Bob, who, who need hope, but they don't know how to connect to God because they never heard about it. This is why your program is so key for so many lives, and, and they need help and hope. Well, I appreciate your saying that, and you are someone whom God has used. You took the initiative to step out, coming out of, as you mentioned, what would be described as a dysfunctional family situation and really learning God's Word and then teaching what God has taught you. In fact, you made a a leap into radio broadcasting back in 19... Well, 1986 is when you you got started. In fact, you won the new program award from National Religious Broadcasters that Mm -hmm. year. How is it that you really sensed that it was time to take what God had been teaching you and use that to teach others? Handedly, it wasn't my idea. In fact, I consider nothing my idea and i'm not trying to do <laughs> humble pie but i'm just saying someone said it. june what would happen if in fact I, I was told this sit down june i'm going to tell you what you need to do with your life and so i sat down you need to be on radio and i thought i i, I don't feel any call to be on radio they said but look you are so practical in the way you develop whatever the topic is in biblical and you help people what if you could be heard, heard uh, what if you could be heard by people all over the United States at the same time, not just that one audience. And so I went to four people that had just asked me to do something on television. And I said, well, I don't feel called to be on television. And I went to these four men. I said, is there really a need? I mean, why? and they said, June, there's, there's hardly any female at in any female voice at all. June Hunt here on this edition of The Intersection. You can find out more by going to hopefortheheart.org. Next up on this edition of The Intersection podcast, it's the lead pastor at Westside Family Church in Kansas City and author of the book, His Mighty Strength, Walk Daily in the Same Power that Raised Jesus from the Dead, Randy Frazee. In our recent conversation, he discussed some of the principles of the book related to the power of the Holy Spirit here now is Randy Frazee. What happened was I was doing some research for uh, the follow-up project to the story called Believe, and I came upon a passage I'd read a number of times, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 through 20, which is great timing for you to do this interview because Resurrection Sunday is around the corner, mm-hmm. and it basically says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and me. And what happened in that moment, that's why I think the illumination of Scripture you know, that what happened in that moment when I thought to myself, wow, I mean, as a pastor, I should figure out how to help people tap into that power. It'd be good to learn myself. And number two, why didn't Jesus raise himself from the dead? I thought he was fully God, which he is. And so I just got into probing that, and it took me back to Philippians chapter one, where it says that he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. So he emptied himself. And I thought to myself, what did he empty himself of? Mm. And I just kept probing that. It took me back into ancient scriptures, and that was the inspiration for it. I gave it as a message initially, 
on Easter Sunday a couple of years ago in San Antonio, and 286 people got spontaneously baptized on Easter Sunday. And when my publisher said, hey, is there something you're interested in writing on? I said, I think I want to do, uh, do some writing on this. Now, there's some interesting twists in that, but that's exactly what happened. As we look at his earthly life, to what extent, you know, the Bible tells us that he has been our example. He is the one who calls us to follow in his steps. So as we walk in our life today, comment, if you would, on the availability that we as believers on this earth here and now have as a result of all Jesus did for us. Yeah, you know, what I what I do in the book, uh, Bob, is I lay out uh, th- three steps that follow the pattern of Jesus, and they are linear. In other words, you have to engage in step one before you can go to step two, and it's an ongoing daily practice. So the first thing is that Jesus emptied himself of control. That's what he did. He voluntarily emptied himself of control. If we're to experience the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, we too must empty ourselves of control. But for us, it's the illusion of control. We aren't in control. And one of the major reasons we don't access the power is because we're trying to live out our lives in our own strength, in our own power, as though we have control over all of the circumstances of our lives. And so we have to let go of that power. So that's step number one. And that is not that easy to do. Uh, We are prone, particularly when we experience things like global pandemics and things like that, to go uh, into uh, survival mode and try to maintain control over something as big as a global pandemic. The second thing we need to do as we follow the pattern of Jesus is that Jesus, because he did not know everything, and he is learning. He's growing in wisdom and stature. He doesn't know when the kingdom is coming. That's what he told the disciples. That's what he told him. He said, only the Father knows. He's having to go to the Father to discover the will of the Father. And what Jesus did is he aligned his life to the will of the Father. Just read the Gospel of John, which I do in the book, and note every time Jesus said, I don't move. I don't speak. Mm. I don't do anything apart from my discovery of the will of the Father. So the second thing we need to realize is that we must also align our life to the will of the Father, knowing that the power of God is reserved for the will of God. And the reason why many believers don't experience this unbelievable power that's available to us is because we want it for our own will, not the will mm. of the Father. And that's why Jesus prayed the prayer, Father, you know, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the primary way in which the believer lives their life. And finally, and this is the easiest step, once you've emptied yourself of the illusion of control, aligned your life to the will of the Father, which, by the way, is always way better than our will, then all we have to do next is yield to the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's not trying harder. It's not legalism. It's not, it's not a list of to-dos, but rather it's yielding to the presence of the Spirit, the activation of the Spirit to empower us to fulfill the will of the Father, which for many of us means uh, overcoming the trauma of betrayal and depression and inability to forgive. We have the power within us to move those kinds of mountains, but you have to take those steps. Randy Frazee here on The Intersection. You can find him online at randyfrazee.com. This is The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House, and you can learn more through meetinghouseonline.info or by going to the programming section at faithradio.org. 
Through the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Meeting House program. Also, you can find a link to the Intersection podcast through that homepage. You can find it in the Media Center as well as through iTunes. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community, and the other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Plus, there's a link to video content. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Content from the Meeting House program can also be found through the Faith Radio app, as well as a variety of podcast platforms, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. This is the Intersection Podcast with Christian historian William Federer. In a recent conversation, he commented on his book, Miraculous Milestones in Science, Medicine, and Innovation, and the Faith of Those Who Achieved Them, which portrays a number of scientists and others who were motivated by a Christian worldview perspective. From that conversation, this is William Federer now. This is a collection of scientists that have made world-shaking contributions to science, medicine, innovation, and their faith. Some of them were strong Christians. Some of them believed in a creator. And I put all this together. So Copernicus, he's the one who discovered the heliocentric solar system, which means the sun is at the center instead of the Ptolemaic, where the earth was the center. Uh, He said the universe is wrought for us by a supremely good and orderly creator. And then there's Galileo. He was the first scientist to use a telescope. He said the laws of nature are written by the hand of God in the language of mathematics. And then there's Tycho Brahe. He compiled astronomical observations, which were used by other astronomers. But he said those who study the stars have God for a teacher. And then there's Kepler, Johannes Kepler. And he took Tycho Brahe's compilations and he saw the patterns. And sure enough, he discovered laws of planetary motion. And Kepler said, oh, almighty God, I am thinking thy thoughts after thee. Uh, So this is just a great uh, collection of statements like this and tells their stories. One is a black astronomer, Benjamin Benneker. He is a Quaker. He is in America, and he uh, helped to lay out Washington, D.C. and do the surveying. And he corresponded with Thomas Jefferson, and Benjamin Benneker took his Uh, astronomical observations and published an almanac. So we call them farmer's almanacs. Why? Mm -hmm. Well, the farmer wants to know what are the seasons going to be this year? And the astronomers would look at the patterns in the stars and then figure out what date on the calendar things are going to start changing. And then they keep track of how it changed in the past and, and also tides. So, uh, high tide, low tide, but it's always fluctuating, but the, the astronomers can tell where the moon and the stars will be on certain dates and whether it'll be a high tide or a low tide. And those things are in part important for fishermen and so forth. But so Benjamin Benneker, a black astronomer in early America, uh, had this very, very popular almanac. But this book has these stories in it that are just fascinating. Well, let's talk just a bit, as you mentioned these astronomers just a few moments ago, 
fast forward to even the the modern age, as we might say, the modern age of astronauts. You include some of that type of material as well. Right. So um, you got Robert Goddard, uh, and he is the father of modern rocketry, uh, and he takes it from uh, just a couple pounds of thrust, 100 pounds of, of thrust, and I tell his story. And, and then he inspired uh, Vernon von Braun, who's considered the father of modern spaceflight. Uh, he was a German and uh, helped develop the V-2, but then when World War II was ending, he and the German scientists that were with him said, we knew that what we had discovered would impact the world and we didn't want the uh, communists to get it, so we decided to defect to America because they believe in the Bible. And so he came to America, and he was uh, hired um, by the, the military, and um, he took the thrust of rockets and expanded it into the Saturn V, and it's the largest rocket that could put men on the moon. And But the Gemini program, the Apollo program, and so Vernon von Braun, lo and behold, he wrote all kinds of things mentioning uh, God. And he says, I am certain that were Jesus among us today, he would encourage scientific research as modern man's most noble striving to comprehend and admire his father's handiwork. This is a great statement of faith by, by Vernon von Braun. And uh, he also quotes from uh, Frank Borman, who was the Apollo astronaut, Apollo 8, that circled the moon, who read from the book of Genesis over the radio on Christmas Eve, 1968. But um, he says that when Frank Borman got back to Earth and they said, hey, a cosmonaut went into space and he said he did not see God. What do you have to say about it? Frank Borman said, I didn't see him either, but I saw his evidence. Mm. And so this is this is a book that provides this evidence that uh, are things that can point to a creator. William Federer here on The Intersection. You can find out more by going to the website AmericanMinute.com. Finally, on this edition of The Intersection podcast, it's the author of the Sea Kids series of books, executive producer of the Sea Kids animated series, and host of the Raising Christian Kids podcast, Leanne Mancini. In our conversation, she described her desire to see children grow in God's Word and how she helps to equip parents. Here now from that conversation is Leanne Mancini. In our animation stories, there's 26 episodes. And um, one is we have a Corey who doesn't want to read his Bible. He wants to read his comic book. And so he goes to a Sunday school and he he doesn't pass the Bible, Bible test. But he thought he was smart enough to take the sheet that had the questions from the teacher's uh, desk, and then he'd be prepared that way. But when the teacher noticed that it was missing, she changed the questions the next day. And so he learned about that it's dishonest to take something that doesn't belong to you. And he also learned how important it is to know God's word and also to obey your parents when your parents say you need to read your Bible. And then in the end, he comes up with a unique way of learning how to study his Bible um, because, you know, children have different learning styles. And mm -hmm. what he did was he made a comic book out of his Bible verses himself that would help him retain the Bible verses he was learning. So we, our stories are, you know, basic, basically always about teaching a biblical concept, 
um, how to do it, how to resolve a problem. Um, we use a lot of Bible uh, verses in the story. The, the parent will say, you know, son, the apostle Paul says, and then they'll quote the verse or the child will say, well, you know, the apostle um, Peter says this. And so they, they, they recite Bible verses in the um, animation series, in the episodes. And you also see a lot of praying, praying, the children praying by themselves, uh, the, the, or the characters praying by themselves, the characters praying with their parents and praying with their friends. We recognize the power of story. It's actually a subject that I talk about with authors really on a pretty consistent basis. And we recognize, of course, Jesus told parables. He told stories. We see that the Bible is full of wonderful stories of characters that can provide inspiration for our lives. It sounds like to me, this is just an appraisal as you were sharing what it is that you do with these stories, is that you are really focusing in not only on the story, but taking the material in that story and teaching kids how to apply that biblical truth, identifying the truth, and then being able to apply that. Is that a fairly good appraisal? And elaborate on, if so, elaborate on uh, on why it is that you feel that's important. You're exactly right, Bob. That's exactly what we've done, and that's why we created that and that uh, this series. And that's why I created these books when my children were little. Also, read them these stories. As adults, we read our Bible, and we uh, we look for ways to apply God's word to our lives, everyday situations. What we usually do when kids are little is we take them to church on Sunday, we put them in a Sunday school or send them to vacation Bible school, and we read Bible stories with them. And we read read books with them little books that tell stories. But we need to be able to, to do this in a way that they know how to apply what they're being taught in their life, in their daily life, in their daily walk, when they go to school and they, and they face a bully. Uh, my Raising Christian Kids podcast talks about all the ways that we can do this, how we can teach our children how to take these biblical principles, teach them to them that they can apply them in their lives, uh, teach them how to love a bully. What, is, what do you mean love a bully, mom? He's mean. Well, you tell them, when you learn how to love a bully, because God loved even those who persecuted him and who killed them, you take the power away from the bully. It no longer the bully offends you. You have a, a sympathy or, or not sympathy, empathy for this bully because he is hurting and that's why he acts the way he does. And so instead of telling children to always, you know, have a good day at school, have fun, tell them to be nice, be kind. There's so many things that we can do, and it's all based on Deuteronomy. You know, a lot of parents will, uh, you know, recite, raise them up in the way they should go, and they shall not depart mm -hmm. from it. But the real command is in the Shema in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And Mo Moses instructs the Israelites when they're going into the new land. He tells the parents, remember what you've been taught, okay? And then the Lord instructs, teach them to the children, impress them as they rise up, as they walk along the path, as they lie down. Impress means to mold, to mark, to brand. You know, it means day by day, moment by moment, we should be talking to our children. Leanne Mancini here on The Intersection. You can find her online at leannemancini.com or through ckids.tv.
We are nearing the end of this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. Find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by going to the programming section at faithradio.org. You'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on the podcast. Also, there are links to the podcast. You can find it in the Media Center as well as through iTunes. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. And the other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter at Access The Meeting House Facebook page. Plus, there's a link to video content, including recently added content from the Winter 2021 Christian Product Expo in Charlotte, North Carolina. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Thanks for joining me for this edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.